What is going on, guys? We got a very special episode of Three Walls and a BLP tonight. We got a very special guest. She is an author, contributing writer for Cosmopolitan, dating expert, host, comedian, and writer. She got a lot of national attention for her piece that she wrote in Cosmo, saying, I went on 30 dates in three days. And she has a very special book coming out on May 26th, 20 Guys You Date in Your 20s. Welcome to the show, Gabby Conti. Gabby, how are you? I am as good as I can be. That's my new thing I'm telling people because I think saying great or I'm amazing is like we're all lying. So I'm just going to say I'm doing my best. It's all we can do. Yes. <laughs> That's all exactly. we can do. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. So how we typically start, Gabby, is we do a six pack of questions, just kind of random. Any. I'm a theme with this show, the cracked beer, the six pack of questions. Is there a so Gabby, too? So Gabby, Ooh. we named the podcast idea. after our bar order when <laughs> we were in Sam? college. But ironically enough, our college outlawed kegs on campus because of like a really big fire. So No. No, but I think what was oh. what was in the keg the kind of caused the fire? Created the environment that started <laughs> the fire. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not the hard alcohol, the keg. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there was hard alcohol involved like, as well. Yeah. Wait, so what's this drink order that you guys got in college? All right. So the the like house drink at this bar called Timothy's was called a wall, and it was basically any type of alcohol they could find poured into it's a concoction. Tequila, gin, triple sec, like lemonade, and then like blue food, food coloring. It's a hangover, oh. just a disaster, but they were so good. But that's something like in college, you're fine. Like you can you can like take ten of those and like go to an Indian class in the morning. <laughs> But like in your like later twenties, thirties, like that, you're feeling that for like a month. Yeah. So we would always yeah, try so- to build a house because four, <laughs> four walls build a house. But I, <laughs> I could never get there. Like it was always three, and then it was just game over. Almost yeah. like uh, what is it, Martini? What's the saying about martinis? You probably know this. Martinis. And like uh, one is not enough, and or two's not enough, three's too many. Oh, yes. That's, I mean, I think that's true with most, uh, like, cocktails that are, like, have a heavy alcohol base, I feel like. Okay. For me, I don't know. I couldn't finish three well drinks at a bar, so I can't talk. (laughs) Yeah. Unless you're drinking vodka sodas or anything with a soda, because I feel like they just water that down, and that's, like, probably, like, you're you're fine. I could drink, like, ten of those at a bar back when we had bars, and I would just be like, I'm I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, what's a bar? (laughs) What's a bar? I forgot. Uh, I miss bars. <laughs> yeah, so that's the three walls part, and then I drank Bud Light Platinums nice. because I don't I don't know what I was thinking. What are Bud Light Platinums? I've never heard of those. I'm not really a beer drinker. It's just fancier Bud Light with more alcohol. It's how is it fancier? <laughs> it's Bud Light. It comes in a cool bottle. It comes in like a shiny bottle. I don't know. It's not fancy. It looks fancier. Stop, I should say. Stop Platinum. showing off for our guests. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, I, platinum is what you want your engagement rings to be. So, you know, pretty serious stuff. This just exactly. <laughs> but okay, so we'll get into our six pack here. Six pack of questions is random. Um, so, where are you from originally, and what brought you out to L? You're in LA right now, right? I'm in LA. I'm reporting to you from Beverly Hills adjacent. Uh, very exciting. Um, I am. I was born uh, in Manhattan, uh, and then we moved to Westport, Connecticut, when I was six years old. So I say, born in New York, raised in Connecticut. Uh, went to school in Boston. Spent summers at, in Maine, uh, and then moved out to Los Angeles right after I graduated college. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Oh, and what brought me out here? Yes. Um, uh, finance, obviously. <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> yeah, great. Uh, you know, all about those stocks and bonds. I don't know. No, I, I, I moved out here. I moved out here because uh, Emerson, the college I went to, had a LA program out here. And so I had a big network of my friends from college who I, Emerson's a, a school where you, like you're, you get your experience mostly not in the classroom, but from the projects you do outside of the classroom. So mm -hmm. all of my friends who I was in like movies and like TV shows with and like hosting with at Emerson was all out here in LA. And so I moved out here because I had that network and a bunch of friends of mine that I wrote with in college on a sitcom, uh, they invited me, I joined their sketch group when I first moved out here. So I like, it was so easy to like, just be immersed into the scene because of that network, which I'm so grateful for. Are you allowed to say what sitcom? Oh, so it was Emerson sitcom. So they were oh, okay. thought. sorry, sitcom writing. I mean, like it was a pilot at Emerson. So it never, I mean, it went around Emerson, never saw the light of day, but actually cool fact about that, um, we learned how to write sitcoms and how to write this show from um, a writer from Full House. And also an art, our artist in resident was one of the executive producers of Friends. So we were like learning like the best you could get at that level, which was amazing. Okay, this is yeah, that's awesome. This is actually not on my list of questions that I wanted, but Friends or The Office? friends because I, there would be no office without friends and you have to like appreciate that. Also, there is no like bad episode of friends and there is no season of friends that I think is like better than the other season. I think with the office, like the office gets really good, like season three and four. And I think like the first season of the office, they're like still like, it's still good, but it's like not the office that people love when they say they love the office. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Might like plug you in against one of our one of our friends who we just had on who said the office in like a landslide. I want to see this debate. I, mean, I, will, I will say them, but then there is some like there is some things that in friends they do that would not fly today. Also, like pronouns they use and like just the way they talk about it. it's like there are some things that are like oh you can't like say that's not a joke now, but those do. But most of the show holds up, okay. with the exception of things. Yeah. Okay. So my actual legit question was outside of work, um, what are you doing currently right now to just kind of pass time, um, keep you busy during during this mess? Um, it's mostly um, cooking, I mean, which I feel like is such a basic answer because it's become like a need. And so I've just been like cooking as much as I can um, also to try to stay healthy. I've been running because like, I feel like I need some type of physical activity. Um, reading, reading more than ever before, which like I should read a lot as a writer, um, as an author now. And this last year when people are like, what books are you reading? Like I honestly wasn't 
reading a lot of books in this last year because I was I was writing one and editing one and like mm -hmm. after you do that you don't want to look at any other papers like um so but now I'm I'm really reading a lot I'm really into memoirs um I just read Jessica Simpson's memoir love it Demi Moore's me memoir loved it I'm about to read um Holly Madison's memoir who is one of the Playboy bunnies from Girls Next Door which is it so I'm like I'm kind of like really into these like memoirs and books um so I've been doing that a lot. And then obviously watching TV shows. Um, so those are pretty pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so to piggyback off of that, what is the current quarantine drink? What's your go-to? Um, it's been wine. Uh, I live with my boyfriend and we have a wine wall. So we're nice. always like pulling. I know that sounds like so goofy, but it's like all Trader <laughs> Joe's wine. Like our wine wall like the bottles on that wall probably like all collectively cost a hundred dollars which could be one bottle of wine uh if you're bougie um so yeah so it's mostly wine and then also aperol spritzes i've been enjoying a lot okay color so your i need to know your favorite tv show but nobody's ever heard of it what is what do you mean by that like so, a show that that exists but no one's heard of well like under the radar yeah Huh. Um, I guess I, I phrased that question very poorly. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I feel like there's some, like, I, I don't know if you ever, have you heard of the show? I feel like this is kind of mainstream, but it feels pretty niche. Um, You're the worst. Have you seen, know that show? I've heard of that. Mike okay, probably I has. Really like, I, I have not. I really like that, that show. Does. I finished it too. And this like last season is so like crazy. Not really under the radar, maybe under the radar for men, but I, I love the show The Bold Type. I thought they did a really, it was like such a fun show to watch. Okay. I'm, I'm really only going to be naming the most recent shows I've seen. And I'm trying to think of like some weird show that I watched years ago that maybe I was the only one. Oh, okay. This you might remember. But there was a show called Selfie, which was a terrible name for the show. But it actually was a really, really, really good show. Hmm. And it was all about like this. I can't, I just remember like loving it. And there was one episode of it that was really great where the main character sang karaoke to Sia's uh, chandelier. And it was like the most like heartbreaking, like beautiful scene I'd ever seen. And I wish I could tell you more about that show, but I remember loving it. Also, The Bee in Apartment 23 was really, really good. With uh, where James Vanderbeek played himself, I thought that was just so funny. And I'm probably naming mainstream things. I wish I could be more unique and think of something that no one's heard of, like some I don't know, some like show that's like really big in Japan or something. Like I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard of Selfie, and I just I looked either. it up on IMDb, and it's got like Karen Gillian and John Cho from Harold and Kumar. So I feel like I should have known that. Yes, and it, I can't. The other thing about that one, which feels like a fever dream, is I can't find it streaming anywhere. Mm hmm. But it Which is crazy in today's world that it's not streaming anywhere. I know. Oh, another good show. Have you ever seen Enlightened with Laura Dern? Is that on Amazon? It was on HBO. And that's another crazy thing where she like had a meltdown and then she like joins a cult. And then she like, it's just so, it's really good. That's another show that I think doesn't get enough love. It's really good. I do like Laura Dern. So I might have to look yes. that one up. Yes. All right. Sweet. Got some shows to think about here. There you go. And then our last one is what kind of you kind of answered this with your 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 where you're from and everything, but what kind of got you into writing and stand up and hosting kind of thing? Was it school or does it kind of like a 
I'll let you talk. I don't know. With a little bit of everything. I mean, it, I feel like I always loved performing. I always loved writing. Like those were always like two givens from when I was like a baby. I was always writing. I was always singing. I was always performing. Big musical theater nerd. Like did my first play when I was six years old. Um, was did theater in high school but the thing was is that i would never get any of the lead roles and i was at like a very I, my high school theater department was just like the show glee like that's pretty much what it was so it was like super competitive like you basically felt like you were watching a broadway show and i would always get like called back for the leads and i always get like kind of like these like roles that i'm pretty sure the director like made up at some point so because I wasn't like doing well with that when I like was graduating high school, even though I loved it and I really loved singing, I loved performing, um, I kind of started getting into comedy because I would end up doing really well in like the plays that we would do that weren't musicals. And I ended up directing a, a Neil Simon play my senior year. So I like loved that and that made sense to me. And so when I went to college, my parents were very much against me going to pursue acting because like they're like well if you're not even getting the leads in high school like how are you gonna do this in college <laughs> which again like leads to my comedy i guess um so i i went to emerson and i thought that the way of like kind of still getting to perform by not actually performing was being a broadcast journalism major so i was like oh it's great i wrote for the school paper i did plays it's like that's the perfect combination and so I did that and Emerson had a lot of like uh, talk shows. We had this Emerson channel and I, that's where I really like made, I didn't love the hard news, but I loved like morning show stuff. Like that just was like an easy, like natural thing for me. So I did that. And then um, my sophomore year is when uh, I started going more into comedy stuff. And that's also when like, this is like 30 Rock and like Amy Poehler and like all that stuff is like happening right now at Chelsea Handler. So I started like just really looking up to these like really funny women and learning about them. And so I did stand up for the first time in college and kind of really liked it. And when I moved out to LA, that's what I did. And I took improv classes, but for me, stand up and sketch were the two things that always made sense to me. And now I do more storytelling than stand up like moth, which I, I love. And that's kind of, I guess, how that all evolved into like what I do now. It's like, I basically am doing what I did in college, if that makes any sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So that wraps up our six pack of questions here. And I want to get right into your book. We're going to drop this on the 26th, the day it comes out. So oh, thank you. If you're I love hearing that. this, the book is out. Go get it. Yes. I'm gonna yes. Yeah. Plug it and give everything in the uh, description, everything. But so tell us about your book and what kind of led you to start writing it. And when did you really, really like settle down and start putting pen to paper or finger to keyboard? Yeah. Well, okay. So I actually wrote the very first draft of this book when I was 23 years old, which was like almost 10 years ago, which is crazy to think. And now you know how old I am. Um, so basically at 23, maybe it was 24 around there. I had gotten out of this like world shattering breakup that was just like so crazy. It's in the book. I won't spoil it for you, uh, but it's one of the chapters in the book. And prior to this relationship, I had always kind of been um, like a serial monogamous. So when this relationship was over, Tinder was out and I was one of the first like early adapters of dating apps. And my friends always thought that my dating life was so fascinating. So I started kind of like writing about it. And I had written like a draft that thank God never got published. That was more of a diary where I kind of, 
after that breakup looked at my past and kind of was like, well, how did I get to be here? Like, like what would lead for this crazy breakup to happen where I was deceived by this guy? Like, is this a pattern? And I kind of looked back at all the guys I dated and the book was initially called excommunication and always had the idea of these like stories where I would then interview my ex and get their feedback on it. And then I started playing with like charts and quizzes because I really like loved magazines and that just made sense to me. And I always loved the book, Bart Simpson's Guide to Life, which was kind of always in my head of like what I wanted this book to kind of feel like, like, like have some actual good advice in there, but to make it quirky and fun and funny. Um, and so I had done that. And then I, I would find myself after every like breakup in my twenties, like updating this as well as I was writing a lot of dating content for Hello Giggles, um, Pop Sugar, Elite Daily. And so I was always like writing these like listicle articles because that was the trend, which is why the title eventually became 20 Guys You Date in Your 20s, which was initially a joke at listicles, but ended up being the perfect way to format these 20 different relationship types that I think anyone finds in dating. Like even though the title is 20 Guys You Date in Your 20s, I'm sure if you guys read it, as and you just change the pronouns around as 20 girls you date in your 20s you'd be like oh i totally dated that or i totally was that person because it's not a burn book it's really just these like 20 relationship types and when i had went through my breakup at 23 um i had told friends what had happened and, and i was like yeah so that's a chapter and they're like oh well that was a really unique thing that happened to you like that's not relatable like what was relatable about that relationship and it was that the guy i was dating was older than me so that became the guy who's much older so just finding these like patterns and that's kind of just how the book came to be so the book is basically 20 stories of these 20 different types of relationships that i that i think anyone will face anytime they're single plus charts and quizzes. And then the last page of each chapter is my favorite part where I get dating advice from the guy that the story's about, who got to read it. Names and details have been changed, but he gets to weigh in. And then I interview a couple that has been through that same type of relationship or obstacle, for example, long distance. So I find a couple that was um, dating for eight years across the country and now live together and are happy and married. Uh, and then I find an expert, which is dependent on what the chapter is about. So uh, I have the guy who got away. And for the expert, I interviewed a private detective about how to find someone who you can't find. So that's pretty much what the book is nice. in short. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping it's a guidebook that helps people no matter where they are in life, anytime you're going through a breakup, anytime you're single, anytime you're in your 20s or any age, I hope it's a fun palate cleanser in these difficult times. Nice. So it sounds it sounds very unique um, with a lot of aspects that involve, I mean, extremely, extremely relatable topics. So as you put the mm -hmm. book together, you know, looking back at it now, like what was your favorite part? Maybe what was really difficult? And then maybe what was a struggle for you as you put the book together? Well, there was one part that was really, I, I really do love all the elements of the book. Um, Chronicle was amazing with the designer and getting the designer to, to, to make this book as colorful and beautiful as you see it today. Um, uh, this, uh, there was a lot of back and forth between like, you know, once the book was written, just like, you know, perfecting the images and making sure they were what I had in my head and communicating that to them. But they did such a great job with that. Um, and then a big struggle was that I had the decision. I was wondering if I wanted to keep this book super, super light and fun, or if I wanted to be honest. And I think I found a good balance between the two of keep of making it light and fun, but also making sure that I'm putting in here the tools and the knowledge that anyone who is out there dating should know, because dating 
is like we're dating and it's like scary to date. Like there's there's risks. There really are. And I can't like I can't say everything's beautiful and you'll meet your soulmate because <laughs> you'll also meet a lot of crazy people on the way. And I think people should be aware of that. And I think a lot of times people are in relationships with a crazy person and they have no idea because they're being gaslit. Like that happens all the time. And so I was on the fence of whether or not to include a chapter about the guy who's toxic. Um, a couple of years ago, I, not now, like five or six years ago, I was in um, a I was in an abusive relationship, more, more mentally than physically, and it was really hard to dig up that story and to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But I felt that I needed to because so many people deal with it, and they think they're and they they don't think they're in an abusive relationship, they don't realize it. So I'm hoping that my story will help women and men and anyone who see something similar to kind of realize, like, oh my gosh, I need to get out of this. So that was definitely hard. It was really hard to write that. That's the one guy who I didn't interview, obviously. I haven't had contact with this person in years. And I also tried my best to protect his privacy, even though what he did to me was terrible. I, I, I don't want to out him because I, you know, I, I, res I respect his privacy. So. so Gabby, that's awesome. You know, having just see you know, through this medium, this is the first time I've met. So seeing your passion come out about the book that you've written um, and kind of your story. And also being able to humble yourself to put this out there is really cool. So uh, I don't know if I'm necessarily your target audience, but I'm definitely going to you know, get a get a copy of the book and thumb through it. Hopefully have some laughs, but have some fresh perspective. Um, so I'm really, really looking forward to that. Oh, great. And I, I do really hope that I know the title. I know the book is pink and glittery and there's a lot of drawings on it. I don't like, it really look like a pink glittery type of guy. <laughs> I, mean, I see, like men like not wanting to pick it up and read it. But I do urge like people of all like sexualities, all genders to read this, because even though it's coming from the perspective of me, a straight woman, I do think that these are universal tropes that I've identified. And just like, you know, if you want to change the pronouns or imagine yourself as me when reading it um, or look at the other side and, you know, ask yourself, have I done this? Is this what I've been doing? Mm -hmm. Or is this my relationship? I, I mean, I hope it helps. Like whole goal with all of this was to just help people with dating. Cause I think we need a handbook and especially after this is all over while this is happening. Like, I think like there needs to be like common, we're missing like common decency. I think a lot in dating these days. So mm -hmm. I hope that my book helps with that. Yeah. Yeah. That actually answered my next question to a T I was going to say, so who is your kind of ideal reader? It's kind of centered around your experiences in your twenties, but is it, would you say it's more so for people in their twenties currently going through it? People that just kind of, went through it or what's kind yeah, of your thoughts on that? I think that this book, even though I wrote this book throughout breakups in my 20s, I think that this book is relatable to anyone in their 20s or anyone going through a breakup at any age. Um, I do think my writing is like, I would rate it as a PG 13. So maybe like be at least 13 years old to read it. But I do think you could be 13 years old or you could be 113 years old. And like, hopefully this book will resonate with you. And if you are 113 years old and you're having difficulty reading, I have an audiobook that I just recorded. So hopefully that will be helpful. Um, or even if you're 13 years old and you're dyslexic like I am and you'd rather hear an audiobook, like that, that, that'll be an option soon. Um, so yeah, I think my target audience is really just, just anyone who needs help with dating, no matter who you are or needs, or just feels alone. If you feel alone, read this book. <laughs> so I love it. Gabby, I, love it. I got a text today because I told a friend about a, a, a friend about <laughs> that we were interviewing oh, are you. you this is this a friend with benefits? Um, like what's well, no, so ironically, <laughs> this, this friend is actually myself. So this question I'm asking, <laughs> I'm asking for a friend. 
Give me some uh, give me some dating do's and don'ts from a the female perspective. Okay. Dating do's and don'ts. Do if you make a date, and I'm even saying like a date now because I know people are Zoom dating and setting up appointments, like, you know, be like set that date and don't flake on it. If you flake on that date, like just stop talking to that person. Like, don't waste their time. Mm-hmm. So set a date, be there and be on time and take the initiative. Um, don't become someone's like text pen pal. Like, I can't tell you how many, it's like so annoying to get texts from guys back when I was single. That's like, good morning, beautiful. Good night, beautiful. And then you're like, you've never met this person IRL. Like, what are you doing? Like, if you have the ability to FaceTime, uh, now like do it, like don't hide behind a text message. Um, the other thing is like, say what you want to say, say what you're really feeling. Don't play games. Like, don't send a text message or like or post something on your social media because you're trying to get someone's attention, as they call it, Gadsbying. Like, don't do that. Like, <laughs> be direct with the person you like. You like someone, tell them you like them. What's the worst that can happen? They don't like you. You didn't know that already. Now you know. You can move on with your life. Like, I think people just waste each other's time so much and they're not courteous of each other. And I think that we just should try to be transparent do be transparent with what you want in a relationship what you don't want if you want a relationship i think the thing right now is i wish there was a dating app where you could say what you're looking for because people get really turned off by that question but i think that that question is really key to any relationship and i think that a lot of times people aren't on the same page with what they're looking for so i think you should be honest with people that you've been talking to or dating about where you see this going i think that shouldn't be such a scary question that's perfect. So I will be sure to relay that to my Your friend. friend. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Me too. Awesome. Uh, all right. So one other thing I wanted to talk to you, with you about was your 30 days in three days, because I follow you on Instagram. So I was able to kind of like live, not live through it, but see that from like an outsider perspective. And that was absolutely enthralling and entertaining from me sitting on my couch drinking beer by myself. Um, so I'm, I'm going I'm to be straight up, but, uh, so what was kind of the driving force to you kind of putting this in motion? Like, okay, this is a, was it something just to get an article written or something like that? Was it just, it happened and yeah, it wasn't to write an article. I mean, it happened to be that I was writing an article about it. And actually, to be honest with you, like Prior, to, if you well, follow me on Instagram, so you knew that prior to 30 dates in three days, I was posting a thing on my Instagram stories called Daily Date, where every time I would go on a date or a date would like be set up and then someone would flake, I would like post about it. And so my, I was contributing for Cosmopolitan at the time. My editor saw it and asked if there was some way that I could turn it into something else. And so I was like, yeah, 30 dates in 30 days. And she's like, that's been done. And so I jokingly was like, how about 30 dates in three days? And she's like, love it. Is that physically possible? And we found out that it actually is if you do about 10 dates a day. And so that was the mission. And I know it sounds like crazy and it was crazy, but at the same time, my goal with it was to like, you know, I didn't, I don't think that people should be going on 30 dates in three days. I said that on Inside Edition and I go, that's insane. But then they cut off the other part of my quote, (laughs) which is that the reason why I did that was to inspire people to actually go on dates back when we could go on dates and to not hide behind your phone. And I think the biggest issue with online dating is people match and they text and they disappear. So this was my way of like meeting people in person and really hoping that I would find a match. And while I didn't, I do attribute this like experiment, which by the way, I was open to finding a partner, 
I attribute this experience to me um, getting with my my current boyfriend because I got so good at like uh, at being able to navigate the dating apps and so good at being on dates and like being present and like making sure I wasn't falling for like the wrong guy or whatnot that um, when I met my boyfriend, we ended up going on three dates in three days. And then I kind of knew, I was like, this is it. I've been on so many dates. Like I know when this is a catch and when this isn't a catch and this is a catch. And and then the feeling was mutual. And I yeah. also knew when to tell if someone was on the same page as you and my boyfriend was on the same page. So that's how that happened. I know it's like really crazy. It was like really like just a wild time in my life. And I'm almost going on my year since, uh, since that happened. Cause that was the last weekend of June, 2019 was when that happened. So. Yeah. Well, congrats Great. on your almost anniversary. Thank you. <laughs> my almost anniversary doing something very insane. <laughs> okay, so I got to ask. Those are the best anniversaries. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I got to ask, like, what was the structure to that? Like, are you going on breakfast, like, brunch dates? What's yes. the time? So, What's the time uh, structure to this? So the way it started, so I got the assignment on a, I, I got the assignment green letter approved, the pitch approved on Thursday. And the second I got that approved, I was on all the dating apps. I was on Bumble. I was on Tinder. I was on Hinge. I was on a dating app I can't say I was on. And I was swiping like crazy. And I was sending up dates. I was like trying my best set of dates. And so I would schedule the earliest I would do was 8 a.m. And the latest I would – the thing with the late dates was, was, was sketchy and why I had some guys like kind of flake on the late dates if I was – because like if you're saying, oh, hey, you want to meet me at like 10 p.m., like – it sounds like, yeah. oh, they're going to be like, great, come over to my place. And I'd be like, oh, no, I'm actually just getting off work at that time. Like, yeah. you want to meet me at a bar? Um, and so that was like a lot of it. But yeah, I found that the dates was like, it was like 8 a.m. every day until about like, you know, 10 p.m. And I even had like a phone date, which I counted as a date because it was the date. Um, and just making sure the dates were like an hour, which I actually learned was a great dating hack because I do think first date should be less than an hour or 57 minutes, as I said in the Cosmopolitan article, because I think you could tell if you're into someone or not in that time. And there's so many times we go on first dates where we drink too much or we stay out too late because we just want to be polite or we're not sure. And I think you can tell and taking a break. And if you find yourself still liking that person, still thinking about that person, then go on a second date without a time limit. Did I answer your question? I'm sorry. Very I'm much. Going on. Okay, good. <laughs> Very much. Because, yeah, there's – that's what I want to know because you got to spread this out. Like, you have other stuff you're doing. and um, But that's cool with the, the time limit. Um, I was wondering, did you have a specific, like, like I guess, objective to classify it as a date? Like, did you have to cover a certain topic or have a certain conversation to classify it as a date? I think it was just, it was either, it was just, it was talking for being like, I mean, I only had one phone date really. And then I had a couple of guys that flaked, but that like counted because we had set up a time and place. And I think that's very real in like modern dating is that people flake on dates. Mm -hmm. um, I think the number actually, and I always say attempted to go on 30 dates in three days because I think the actual number was like 20 something. It wasn't 30, uh, which I admit because <laughs> I had some people be like, she didn't even go on 30 dates in three days. Like, what a liar. And I'm like, I tried, okay? I tried. But <laughs> I think that trying's enough. It's not easy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was kind of just like the limit with that was keeping that time. And all the dates were like within walking distance of my apartment at the time. So that's how I was able to do it. And and yeah, I think that, and I think what called it a date is like, you know, is is being with someone for at least an hour and talking and getting to know them 
the question I got asked a lot was like, what do you do for fun? Which was like so funny to ask me as I was going on 30 dates in three days. It's like this. This is what I've been doing for fun this weekend. Like, leave me alone. So, so is that is that as a person who consults to my friends about dating, should I not ask what you like to do for fun? Yes, do not ask what you do for fun because it's such a broad question. And I think a lot of people, especially in cities where everyone's so work focused, like we don't have a lot of free time. And I think it's opening up for someone to say something super generic, like, I travel, I do yoga, like I cook. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, so I think asking specific questions about what about someone's fun time is a better approach. So I would ask someone, okay, well, what what was the last show you watched? What was the last book you read? What was the last movie you saw? What was the last article you read that like really like, you know, um, and I think, you know, cater these questions based on what you know about that person. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think you get a better, a better answer that way. And you're going to really get to know them as opposed to someone saying, I go out with my friends, I drink alcohol, like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Not super specific. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> Um, but so from following it, like from what you described, it seems like this was basically like modern day speed dating, like where the, yeah. like you see in the movies where people are like getting up from table to table and have like 20 minutes. So with that experience, would you recommend that people not go on 30 dates in you know, a short amount of time, but go on as many possible dates as they can just to get out and see if they find someone interesting? Or would you say be more selective with your time and setting up, you know, opportunities to meet somebody? you know, I was going through a breakup at the time. And I think that that helped. But at the same time, I was open to like a relationship. So that really helped me like get over my ex. Um, But I think at the same time that I wouldn't recommend doing a ton together. But there have been times where I've gone on like two prior to this, I like in from my book, I've gone on like two dates in a night. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, I think there's nothing wrong on a weekend to go to brunch with one person and you know, dinner with another or and that you split both of them, you offer to pay. Okay, dating should not be about getting free meals, ladies, because that gives us a bad rep and then no one likes us. So don't do that. Um, but I'm saying like you could break up, you could do more than one date in a day if you want to. I think it's an efficient way of dating. It's efficient way to say if there's like see if there's a connection. Um, but I do think that now, I mean, with Zoom and like everyone's Zoom dating, like I think go on as many Zoom dates as you want, but maybe limit it to one person a day so you really get to give that person a chance and get to know them because I think too many dates back to back could just like, I, I don't think that's fair. So you, to your mental health, to like the person you're dating, I think you really should be giving people a fair shot. That's a great point. And I think, um, especially in the environment we live in, there's always, I, it, the dating apps are tailored to what's the next person instead yes, of like exactly. actually processing, did you qualify somebody and eliminate them? Or did you just find somebody who maybe has blonde hair and that day you were attracted to blonde hair? Um, I really was only going on dates with guys that I, I had swiped right on and that had swiped right back on me. So like the guys that I was going on dates with, we were, we both found each other mutually attractive. And then when they, when you're on the date with them, you see if they look like their pictures and that's like a whole other thing. <laughs> so I did that. And then, um, I also, yeah. So I don't know. I think, I think I was being pretty selective about that. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Did yeah. so half of the dates were setups. That's, that's what I meant to say. Half. So half of the dates were people I found on dating apps. The other half were setups because um, I had by like by like two days before I was supposed to go on these dates that I only had like 15 dates scheduled. So that that's because it's hard to get people from dating apps to go on dates with you. Yeah. As someone who's actually new to that, I can testify. 
Yes, right? Well, I mean, now it's a weird time, but I mean, you should go on. I think Zoom dates are great. I think you could really get to know someone over FaceTime. And when you eventually get to meet IRL, like the the pleasantries are over. You already, it feels like you're meeting an old friend, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. So for any of the setups, did it, was it known kind of what you're accomplishing with, with 30 yeah. dates or... And you know, it, it was known of what I was doing, um, but what was so funny about it was that I was actually open to telling every single guy that I went on a date with about what was going on, um, at least after the date, because I thought that would be like a fair thing to tell them because I can't really date someone with a lie, even though it wasn't really a lie because everything I said on the date was who I was and what I was. Um, but uh, on my second date, which was a setup, when that came up and I told the guy, I was like, well, I don't know. I feel like I should tell them. He was like, oh, I, he's like, I wouldn't do that if I were you because these are strangers and you don't know, like they could react violently. They could do something like, and he was right. And that's like so scary to think about that. And so what I did do is that out of all the first dates I had, I had like, I think almost, I had like a good amount of guys that were interested in going on a second date. And I went on a couple of second dates and third dates, but I was transparent with, with the men. I was like, hey, I just want you to know like I really, everything about our date was real and true and honest, but I want you to know that I'm actually writing an article and that this date will be featured in the article. I'm going to change your name. I'm going to change any identifying details. You can even read it before I post it, but I just wanted to be honest with you. And I, I totally understand if after knowing that you don't want to go on a second date, like that's totally fair. Um, and most, and every other guy I said that to was totally understandable, thought it was hilarious, loved it. And we had a great second date or third date. There was one guy who like just like reamed me out and then went to the dating app that we met on and got me kicked off the dating app. Is that why you can't say that one? Yes. <laughs> that's unbelievable. That's, that's a little, okay, that's a little bit ridiculous. That's fragile ego. I, it was a fragile ego because I was like, I was like, look, I, I thought you were great. I enjoyed your company. It was great talking to you. But like, I have to tell you this because I don't feel it's right if I don't. And I mean, I would be like, thanks for being transparent. And I even was like, I'll send it to you before and you could edit it. And he's like, okay. He's like, it's fine. He's like, yeah, I guess maybe just say I'm like not interested in being your article. So like, that's how I like, I, I actually ended up making that date, like not a lot, but it was just like, I'm like, okay, cool. Well, <laughs> well, at least you knew he really liked you. <laughs> I guess, or he was just like a, or a narcissist. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm sure he's like going around Los Angeles, like telling people about, though he dated me and like what a monster I am. And I'm sure he's like behind a lot of the negative comments I get on stuff. Can can I personally send him this podcast? Sure, 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 sure. I don't, I don't even. You know what the funny thing is? Is I don't even. I had. I've gotten a new phone since the thirty dates in mm -hmm. three days, so I, I don't even know his name or like. I can't. I, I can't even give you that information. So. Oh man, that would have been kind of fun. Fun. Oh, so kind of going off of that in today's world, like everybody's trying to be famous or like get their name out there and everything like that so were any of the guys that you went on the dates with like trying like trying to use that as like clout to like get their name out there and try and become somewhat famous like i don't know i mean well there was one guy who i went on a first date with who was one of the worst dates i went on he was actually like the only like bad date like terrible date and i never heard from him after the first date and i don't know if he like had an idea of what i was doing i don't know if he like eventually read the article or if he was just like a crazy person um, but he like kept talking about, he definitely was like fame hungry, like mm. talked about his acting classes a lot, told me he had a podcast, like talked about the podcast a lot. Like those podcast guys, my goodness, podcast guys. <laughs> the worst. You know, but it was like, I was just like, okay. But I feel like 
had maybe if I had I never told him about the article. I don't know if he's ever read it. But I, I wonder if I told him about it, if he would be like, that's cool. Just like plug my podcast. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. You're giving us a bad rap. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what? You guys are not the stereotype. There is a stereotype of you're not, first of all, you're not in LA, right? No. New Jersey and Ohio. So, so it's amazing. And I could tell this is a professional thing. Like every idiot in Los Angeles, sorry, LA, has a fucking podcast. And it's just like, and, and like, cause you, and you'll ask them too, you'll be like, what do you, what do you do on, like, what are you, like, they have nothing. They're just like, uh, and, it, and the podcast isn't about, like, the, it's just like, oh yeah, my friends and I, we're really funny together. And like, that's the concept. And it's just like, come on, guys. Like, you guys, your friends from college. I'm not tapping, just tearing us down. <laughs> I'm kidding. Podcast. I looked at your no. socials. I know you talk about sports. I know you're making an exception for me. You have a format. You have the six pack. You crack a beer at the beginning of the episode. Like this is a legit podcast. I'm just saying there's a lot of not legit podcasts in Los Angeles area. So just to clarify, Mike has a six pack. We talk about beer. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. Because this is a podcast. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Oh, you don't like no fine um so no, anyway it's all, it's all. <laughs> kind of wrapping this up get what do you do for fun <laughs> i go on podcasts <laughs> goes on podcasts and rips podcast other podcasts to podcast while i'm on them i basically call them out for being an la douchebag <laughs> i love it Hey, those LA douchebags are the worst. We don't know any podcast, but there are a lot of good podcasts. So yes, you're right. That's that, that's a blanket statement because there's a lot of really good podcasts in Los Angeles, but there's just there's a lot of bad ones. I mean, that's like anything in LA. Like there's a lot of good actors in LA, and there's a lot of bad actors in LA. Are there yeah. more bad actors than good actors? Probably. Probably. Yeah, by sheer numbers. I'm sitting here. Yeah. I'm sitting here as you're going over like the dating do's and don'ts, like kind of thinking about like hmm, what do I ask? <laughs> Like, yeah. what do you do for fun question? And I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. We're, we're going back over all of our past days. Like, I, okay, now that I'm makes sense. I'm my own 20 girls you date in your 20s. and like, oh, wait. <laughs> all yeah. you have to do is just, like, you know, treat your, like, treat your dates like you treat this podcast. You know, like, you're asking me great questions. Like, that's what you should ask the girls you go on dates with. I can, te- okay. I can testify for Mike. Any girl would be lucky to date my co-host here. <laughs> Aww. Same. Any girl would be lucky to date him. Oh, you guys are so cute. Look at us. Look at this witty banter. <laughs> oh, jeez. But, Matt, did you have any other questions or anything like that? We don't want to. Well, so I'm looking for ideas for when kind of quarantine is done. What are you looking yeah. forward to doing most once you can kind of, once we can get back to reality? I know things are going to change, but what are you looking to do most? Maybe a trip, some restaurants? What are you, What's yours? Yeah, travel for sure. Um, I, you know, I've always wanted to go to Italy. I know like that's the worst place to go, but like I'm, my whole background's Italian and I've never been. And like now knowing that like, oh my God, I might never get to go. Like, I mean, that is like the, as soon as it's safe and comfortable, like I definitely want to do that. Um, I definitely want to like go shopping. I know that sounds like I want to try on clothes <laughs> and not do online shopping because I hate online shopping. I, I'm a very efficient. I used to work retail for years and years. I'm very efficient in a clothing store and a lot of my clothes don't fit the same as I used to pre this. So I would love to go into a clothing store and try on clothes and make sure they fit properly before buying them. <laughs> um, and, 
And I guess, I mean, hug the people I love, spend time with the people I love. Like I am so guilty of someone who used to hate going out, who used to hate leaving my apartment. So like the first month of this, I was like, this is nice. But now like month, whatever we're on, I'm like, I miss interacting with people. So definitely, I think like really seizing the day and seizing the ability to do the freedoms that we aren't able to do right now, I'm going to take advantage of that. Absolutely. When I can safely, I'm not a COVID idiot. When I can safely, I will do that. That's a good COVID idiot. I haven't heard that. that. Oh I'm gonna feel that for All sure. Influencers that are like escaping from their big cities to the Hamptons. People are like, these COVIDians, like, what are they doing? It's great. Oh, I'm gonna use that. That's we might steal that. Is your family back in uh, Connecticut? They are. So, I mean, obviously that's the most important thing. I talk to them every day, but it's like, it's really sad that I like, I don't know when I'm going to see my parents again, which I know is like everyone who's not like sheltering with their parents feels the same way. And that's like, especially like when you're in your twenties and thirties and your and your parents are getting older and not to like bring mm-hmm. this down, but you're kind of like, you know, every time you visit them, you don't know how many more visits you're going to have with them. And to have this like big, like, you know, break and being like, well, we don't know, maybe, maybe you'll see them again. Try FaceTime. It's the same. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not so, yeah. <laughs> it's something, but it's not not the same. No, it's not the same. Well, so. when you are able to go go back, enjoy, um, be safe. I'm so appreciative of your time tonight, and I'm looking forward to your book when it comes out. Um, I, I really am looking forward to reading it. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, make sure you, you can get it wherever books are sold. Um, it's uh, available in Kindle. It's available in a book book, and soon a audio. So yes, I hope you like it. Let me know what you think too. I will. I'll give you. A, I'll throw you a little follow on Instagram. I'm not a very yeah. big presence, yes. but um, we can keep up that right. way. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, Gabby. Thanks again. This was awesome. Um, we'll throw some links to the books in the description, and also link some of your Cosmo articles because I've I'm not ashamed to say I've read some Cosmo articles because they're hilarious and very informative. I, oh, so I'm like, like, I have to thank my editor. I have this amazing editor, Taylor, Taylor Andrews, and all of my work is as good as it is because of her and her support. So she is the best. To Taylor. Shout out. Love it. Um, but yeah, Gabby, we want to, again, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. And uh, go out and get 20 Guys You Date in Your 20s, uh, wherever you can get your books. And Gabby, thank you so much. Stay, stay well, stay healthy, and best of luck with everything going forward. Thank you. You guys, too. Thanks for having me. This was a good podcast. You did a good job. <laughs> That's you. our goal. And then, yeah. Good for a weekend. So it's gonna be forever, or it's gonna go down.